0: Are you guys good? Can we pray? Thank you, Jesus, that we are here. Thank you, Jesus, that you are good, that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords. And I thank you for what you have in store for us in the next seven days as we go into a week of prayer and fasting and we come together, we're gonna worship. Are we going to pray together? And I thank you that we are going to celebrate testimony after testimony of breakthrough in, in the lives of our church and the lives of the people in our church. We thank you, Lord, that we are going to give you all the glory this week. We are going to give you all the honor this week, which is exactly what we're going to do tonight. And we commit this in your precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Or well, you can give some more Bluetooth high fives. Say hello to the person you missed when you sat down earlier. We're inclusive, yeah? You guys good? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it because everyone's spoken about it, but man, it's hot. I um, had my car washed yesterday, literally around the corner, and, and I thought it was going to be like half an hour, it ended up being two and a half hours. But uh, thankfully, I, uh, I came up to the office and I sat in the econ, which was incredible. It was like a saving grace. I actually got cold at some point, but uh, it was hot yesterday. Man, it was hot yesterday. But uh, listen, we live in the best city in the world. Amen? Amen. We actually went for a hike yesterday. Some of the guys from Camps Bay went for a hike. We went, uh, we went before the sun got really hot though, so we, we escaped the, the craziness. and uh, But it was a good morning. It was a good day. Today's been a good day. We had an incredible morning service as a table with you, Mark Boyce, and Camps Bay, and I'm pumped for tonight. And uh, it really is just, I believe, gonna kickstart us what is gonna be a very powerful week. Who's excited for next week? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I love uh, our seven days of prayer and fasting and some of us or hopefully a lot of us are gonna be going into a liquid only fast and I wanna encourage you, uh, I still have some of my greatest breakthroughs and testimonies in that week where God has broken some things, where God has just done the most incredible work in my life and, and so many people's lives that I know. So I wanna encourage you, join us this week. Join us uh, on the evenings when we're gonna pray and worship together. It really is just gonna be extremely anointed. You don't wanna miss out. But if you do miss out, we're gonna have another one in six months' time. So don't worry, we got you sorted. It's just gonna be amazing. And uh, so please come and join us. I'm pumped, I'm pumped. You guys know that I like to do a show of hands whenever I come up and preach, but I wanna do it tonight again. And by show of hands, who's ever made a good investment before? It could be a financial investment. It could be a, an investment into a friendship. Uh, it could be whatever type of investment it is, but it was a good investment because the return was good. Hey, anyone? Yeah, pretty much all of us would have made a good investment. And then there's on the other end of the spectrum is a bad investment. Who's ever made a bad investment? Yeah? Pretty much everyone's hands went up for both, which is good. So that's, that's really good. So so we clearly understand the principle of investment. Either you make an investment and you, the, the fruits of the investment is good and it's encouraging and it's fruitful and it's amazing, but sometimes we make an investment and it isn't exactly what we thought it was going to be. It happens. <laughs> We're human. <laughs> I uh, read up on some examples and... Um, some of the, the list came up with the top 10 worst investments in history. These are some scary investments that went wrong. I'm just throwing it out there. There was a company that bought AOL. Who's ever heard of AOL? It's like that search or that, that I think it was a mail company, I think. I don't know. But anyway, they bought it for $400 billion. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And the, someone actually told the investors, don't do it because it, you know, it just isn't looking good and it might not be a good deal. And pretty much, straight after they made the investments, the shares tanked by 50%, and the company ended up being worth 200 billion, which is still a lot of money, but if you think about it, they lost a lot of money. That's a lot of money, you loo- you, that's, that's a really bad investment. No one is celebrating that investment. The movie E.T., you guys know that movie? What was his favorite snack? Reese's Pieces. Now, E.T. approached Mars Bars and said, hey, do you guys wanna be the official snack of E.T.? His favorite snack. Mars Bars said, not a chance. It's not good for our brand. It's not good for our company. We don't actually believe in your movie. And uh, they pulled out of the deal, but then Reese's Pieces or Reese's Cups ended up got, getting the deal. And uh, E.T. I think is one of the most successful movies in history. I think it made $800 million. And uh, Reese's Pieces sales went up by 65%. That's a good investment, actually, but it's a bad investment for Mars Right, they're probably feeling a bit mugged off now. They should have made the investment, but they didn't, and now, unfortunately, Reese's Pieces are just cruising in their sales. George Bell. George Bell had the opportunity to buy Google in its beginning stages for $750,000. Guess what he said? He said no. If George Bell bought Google at $750,000, he would be worth $750 billion today. No, 750 million, sorry. it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money he missed out on. That essentially was a bad investment that never took place. But someone made a good investment and now they're worth a whole bunch of money. And, uh, but you guys get the picture. There's either a good investment or there's a bad investment. We've we've made both. And uh, I wanna encourage you, can I encourage you tonight that over the next seven days is the perfect opportunity for us to invest into our relationship with God. It's the perfect opportunity for us to invest into our relationship with God. Every single person in those examples, and I'm pretty sure you were in the same boat. When you made those investments, you didn't know how they were gonna turn out. You didn't know if it was gonna reap good fruit or you didn't know if it was gonna reap bad fruit. But can I encourage you, when you invest in your relationship with God, we might not know what the future holds, but we know that God is good and that God is for us and that God is not against us, and that He wants breakthrough for your life, He wants breakthrough for your family, He wants breakthrough for your business, He wants breakthrough for our church, for our community, and for our nation. We might not see it now, but He is definitely God who lives in the future. We have an opportunity to invest in the next seven days. We don't know what the future looks like, but we know what the next seven days are gonna look like. So I wanna encourage you, let's invest Let's take an opportunity to slow down, to say no to the things that we want, and say yes to God. To start focusing on things that are gonna distract us and focus on things that are gonna put God at the center of our life. We have an opportunity to invest. We don't know what the next 11 and a half months look like, but I believe in the principle of the first. When you give God the first, the rest is gonna be blessed. We're investing into the rest of 2022. We don't know what it looks like, but we know who we're investing into. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the Alpha, He is the Omega, He is for you, He is not against you. I want to encourage you. Let's invest into the next seven days in our relationship with God. Because it's going to overflow into so many different areas. But I also want to encourage you. Actually, no, I'll get onto that. I'll get on to that. I'm skipping a hedger. I'm skipping a hedger. But We've been going uh, through the book of Ecclesiastes while I was studying it and and reading it, six verses in chapter 11 stood out to me. And it actually speaks about investing in many ventures. That's actually the title of the paragraph, investing in many ventures. we're gonna read it together and then we're gonna look at, we're gonna break it up into four pieces. And there's four principles that we can take from the scripture when it comes to investing into our relationship with God. And I pray that that will encourage you and equip you to take on the next seven days as we believe that the rest of the year is gonna be blessed. Verse one, this is what it says. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If the clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb, you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at the evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that or whether both will do equally well. And that's Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses one to three. And there's four things that we can take away from that. And I got to study this and I got to see what what, what the commentators and the theologians uh, uh, wrote about this scripture. And it's incredible. It really is a powerful six-verse passage of scripture. And the first thing we learn, and that's in um, verse one and two, it's simple. We said it already, invest with God invest with God. There's a misinterpretation about that scripture. Many people believe that what the scripture was saying that it was actually a charitable thing that you were doing. That you were being told by by Solomon to give and that what you give will be given back to you. But that's a misinterpretation. What that scripture is actually saying is simple. Invest in ventures with God. Invest in your relationship with God. It's not a charitable thing, it's a personal thing. Are you willing to invest into your relationship with God? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. We have an opportunity over the next seven days to venture into an investment into our relationship with God. And we can believe for the blessing. We can believe for the breakthrough. We can believe for what's gonna to come to us when we put God first over the next seven days. The scripture is calling us to invest into our relationship with God. So again, I wanna ask you, what are you investing in? Where are you putting your time, your talents, and your treasure? Over the next seven days, what's gonna be your primary focus? Is it gonna be in your relationship with God or is it gonna be other things? We have an opportunity to invest with God. Invest. It says in 1 Peter 5, verses six to seven, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. Cast everything onto him, your anxiety. Cast everything onto him. Cast all your investments onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. That's the cool thing about God, is that He wants you to win, He wants you to succeed, He wants breakthrough for you, but He's asking you tonight, where are you investing into? He wants to bring the breakthrough, He wants to bring the blessing. Again, like I said, I've experienced it on a personal level. If He can do it for me, He can do it for you. Verses three to four teaches us that now is the right time. Now is the right time. If the clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Where the tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will be. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Now, can you imagine a farmer who needs to sow some seeds? A farmer who waits for the right opportunity is a farmer who's never gonna reap the fruit of his harvest. A farmer who waits for the right opportunity is never gonna reap the harvest. We can come up with every excuse not to fast. Some people's excuse now might be that it's too hot. I don't wanna fast, it's too hot. we to wait for winter. Then winter comes, that's too cold. I need to wait for it to warm up a bit, you know? I need to wait for the right time. I need to wait till I'm ready. Can I encourage you? If you're looking for a sign, this is your sign. If you wanted to know whether you should fast, you should fast. This is the right time. This is the perfect time. Over the next seven days, you know what, it doesn't matter if you haven't joined us over the past 14 days, you can start right now. You can start today and you can break with us next week Sunday. It's the principle of fasting. This is the right time. Today is the right time. Right now is the right time. This is your sign. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, this has been one of the base scriptures over the past few weeks. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under under the heavens. There is a time to fast and that time is now. Don't miss out on the blessings that God has for you. Don't miss out on the breakthrough that God has for you. Don't miss out on the anointing that God has for you. This is the right time. You can do it. You can do it. Thank you, you can do it. Isn't that a Nike thing? No, that's just do it. But just do it. Just do it. It's the same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, there we go. It is what it is. It's the right time. If a farmer farmer waits for the wind to be right and the rains to come, it's too late. Don't miss out on the power over the next seven days because you might just miss out on the blessing and the breakthrough that God has for you. I don't want anyone to miss out on what God has for you. The next seven days are gonna be extremely powerful. Verse five, not knowing should never stop us. Not knowing should never stop us. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. The English Standard Version says it like this, as you, do not know, as you do not know the way the spirit comes into the bones of the womb of a woman with a child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Now, what that scripture is teaching us is that it takes it from a, from a parent's point of view. A child is formed in the mother's womb. The scripture says the mother and the father do not know how the spirit enters the bones of their child. They don't understand the, the ins and outs of how God works in that moment because only God knows how He does that. There isn't enough teaching in the Bible that explains the moment when that happens. But just because the parent doesn't know doesn't mean the parent's gonna neglect the child. The parent has uh, instincts where they know they've got to raise the child. They've got to look after the child. They've got to feed the child. They've got to make sure that the child is healthy and growing and and coming to church and and making good friends. Just because the parent doesn't know what happens in the womb doesn't stop the parent from living with its responsibilities. Just because sometimes we don't know how God works, we don't understand the timing of God or the power of God, or you don't understand why we're not getting breakthrough now, don't let that stop you from living a a relationship with God that pleases Him every single day. Don't let that stop you from, from doing the things that God has called you to do because we might not understand, we'll never understand the true character of God. It's just too big for us to understand. But what we can do is make a decision every single day where we will live a relationship that brings Him glory, that we will live a relationship that pleases Him every single day. Just because we don't understand doesn't mean we've got to stop being obedient to Him. Just because we don't know doesn't mean, or it shouldn't stop us. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the the day of Christ Jesus. He's not done. He wants to bring it to completion. We might not know when that happens, but in the meantime, let's live a relationship that brings him glory. Just because we don't know, don't let it stop us. Verse 6 We've got to keep sowing. Just keep sowing, keep planting those seeds in the morning and in the evening. Don't let your hands become idle, keep sowing. Again, the farmer who doesn't sow the seeds doesn't reap the harvest. Over the next seven days, we have an opportunity to sow seeds in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Through worship, through prayer, through fellowship, through encouraging each other, we're gonna sow some kingdom seeds. These are not human seeds. These are not man-made seeds. These are kingdom seeds. They're seeds that God takes responsibility for. We gotta keep sowing seeds. So again, the four things. Invest with God. Now is the right time. Not knowing shouldn't stop us. And keep sowing. Don't give up. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. going. Because we know... Then we give him the first, the rest is blessed. Your blessing might not be in the next seven days, it might be maybe next month, or it might be in a few years time, but God is not done and God is still working. And he's faithful to bring the breakthrough for your life. Keep sowing. This takes some risks, but it's never a risk because God is so good. We never risk an investment with God because we know he's faithful. I wanna share a story of a Christian monk. And um, they were, listen, if you ever do church history and you learn about the Christian monks, <laughs> there are some incredible people. Anyway, that's, we can do a, a church history lesson one day before the church, before 6 p.m. and we can learn. it. But anyway, this is where our story goes. The 5th century church historian, um, he's a very complicated name, so forgive me. I have gone over them a few times, but they're still tongue twisters. But this is what it says. Okay, I'm just gonna say, A fifth century church story named James. Tells a story about the mysterious work of God in the world. A story about a Christian monk named Telemachus. Now that's his real name. So I don't think there's any Telemachus in in this anyway. There is, you got it. Now for whatever reason, Telemachus was present one day at a Roman um, gladiator battle. Now Christians hated those battles if you don't like the violence of a rugby game, understand that when someone gets injured in a rugby game, everyone stops and you, you know, the medics come on and they get looked after when they go off, you get the polite clap and say, well done, well done. But in these games, <laughs> the only way you left is whether you were victorious or you were dead. It's not funny. It's <laughs> a weird sense of humor you have. The Christians hated this violence. In fact, the Christians were against this violence. One day, he was there and saw what was happening. He became horrified by the violence and the bloodshed. He ran into the arena amongst the gladiators. Now the accounts of that day aren't quite sure of what happened, except that we know that he passed away in the process of doing this. He was either killed by trying to get between the gladiators or he was killed when the crowd thought, who is this and what is he doing? And they essentially would have demanded his death. Or maybe the city prefect demanded that he died. Something happened and Telemachus passed away. There was gore and there was bloodshed and there was violence. And the life of a Christian was lost that day. But in the mysterious working of God, the story of this went to the Christian emperor, Honorus, who at this point on January 1st of the year 404, made a decision to ban, ban, ban every gladiator game. What is going on? It's the heat. I'm messing my words up here. He essentially banned gladiator games from ever happening again. There was a Christian monk who saw what was happening was wrong, and what he did was he took a risk. These things were happening and they weren't stopping. People didn't know what to do. In fact, he didn't know what to do, but he took a risk by running onto the field. And in doing that, he lost his life, but God works in mysterious ways. In the process of him losing his life, an emperor banned all gladiator games. And the story goes like this, and it's summed up in a simple sentence. Sometimes things have to die in order for things to become alive in you again. For me, that was such a powerful picture. This week, we have an opportunity to put to death the things that are taking away from our relationship with God. And we put those to death. Some things come alive. Some spiritual things come alive. It might be forgiveness. It might be our relationship. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what might be dead. But put the things that shouldn't be alive aside, and allow God to do a work inside of your life. Let them. Let something happen where, where that's got to die in order for that to come alive. Over the next seven days, we have an opportunity to say no to those things and yes to God, so that He can birth something new inside of us. What are you gonna invest into this week? And what are you gonna put to death this week so something can come alive inside of you? Something that hasn't been there in a long time. And you know what that is. That's personal, that's between you and God. But you know what's keeping that as to where it is. Something has to die in order for something to come alive. There's three things that I wanna encourage you with it. Can I ask the keys to come up if that's okay? There's three things. This week, as we go into seven days of prayer and fasting, I wanna encourage you to be bold and take more risks. Be bold and take more risks. I wanna remind you who we serve. I wanna remind you who God is. And it's a simple sentence. It's a simple scripture. It's in Genesis 1 verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We don't serve a small God. We serve a God who created the heavens and the earth. We do serve the King of kings. We do serve the Lord of lords. The fact that we are here is because of what he did on that very day where he created the heavens and the earth. That's who we're fasting to. That's the relationship we're investing into. He's a big God. So I wanna encourage you, be bold over the next seven days. Don't be afraid to invest into your relationship with God. Don't be afraid and go, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can do this. Be bold. Let's push through over the next seven days. Because the minute you get a taste for it, you're gonna keep wanting to do it again. And next thing, we're gonna be fasting four times a year because there's gonna be a hunger inside of us, because we've experienced the breakthrough that God has given us. Be bold. I'm not speaking that into being, but if it's God's will, it's God's will. CJ's gonna beat me off of this. Jokes, jokes, jokes. <laughs> Maybe you've never done a full fast before. Maybe this is the opportunity for you to be bold and do it, a liquid-only fast. I promise you, you can do it. I've actually heard people say, oh, there's no ways I can do it, it's impossible. It's not impossible. You know what's cool is we do it together. (laughs) You're never alone. We come together and we worship and we pray, and you will leave the worship evenings more full than you've you've ever been before, because we're together, we're a team. Or maybe you've actually never done a fast ever. And you being bold in this season is going, I'm going to fast meat. You you can start the Daniel fast. Do the Daniel fast over the next seven days. But be bold. Let's give the next seven days, let's invest in the next seven days in our relationship with God. I'm believing that 2022 is going to be the best year. I don't know what the next 11 months look like, but I know the God who we serve. And I know the God who we're investing into. And I'm believing that we're gonna have the best year ever in Jesus' name, as we put it in first. Be bold, be bold. God is all-powerful, never forget that. God is all-powerful. Number two, I wanna encourage you to try something new. Try something new. You see, in verse six of chapter 11, Solomon speaks about sowing in the morning and the evening. And I read quite a powerful uh, commentary that said, he believed that the writer was saying that, so you, you, you planted normally how you would in the morning, but then you would plant a different way in the evening. And sometimes by planting a different way or by a different strategy in the evening, you actually see that that bears more fruit, and that's more successful than the other way that you're planting seeds. What are you doing in your life that you know that you gotta do differently over the next seven days? What's a habit that you gotta break? What's a thought that you have to put aside? What do you need to do differently over the next seven days in order for you to bear fruit like you've never bear before? Do something different. Again, you know what that behavior is, you know what that thought is, you know what it is that you gotta do differently. But do it. Do it, because we serve a big God. Number three, don't grow weary. Galatians 6 verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Don't grow weary. Remember, this is an investment. It says in Mark 4 verses 26 to 29, and he said the kingdom of God is is." as a man shall scatter a seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. The harvest wasn't overnight. There was a process. Don't grow weary. Sometimes investments take longer than other investments take. Some people might experience breakthrough in the week to come. Your breakthrough might come in a month's time or a year's time, but don't grow weary because God is doing a work that only God can do. Again, the scripture says we might not understand it, but He's working. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't stopped working for you. He hasn't stopped interceding for you. God is working. So let's invest in our relationship with Him. Don't grow weary. That's why view groups are so important. Because we get to encourage each other. Don't give up. We're gonna keep praying. Are we gonna keep trusting? Are we gonna believe for your breakthrough? It might be a personal breakthrough. It might be a family member who you're trusting for to meet Jesus for the first time. It might be a work promotion. It might be something at school or friendship. I don't know what it is, but when you invest into your relationship with God and you sow the seed, God will take responsibility for that. Don't grow weary, because at the right time, the harvest will come. We don't understand how God works, but God is always working. Can we close our eyes? The greatest investment I ever made was saying yes to a relationship with Jesus was the best investment. One of the fruits of that investment was there's a promise that Jesus gives me that I will not perish but spend eternity in heaven with Him one day. And there's so many more promises from Jesus that He's given us and that He's faithful to answer. I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe you've never made a decision to invest into a relationship with Jesus, to say yes to Jesus. To say, Father, I no longer wanna live a life for myself, but I wanna live a life for you. If that's you tonight, and you know that you wanna start this relationship with Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords who gave his life as a sacrifice for you so that you will spend eternity in heaven with him. If that's you on a count of three, no one's looking, this is between you and it's between Jesus. I want you to put your hand up tonight. Are we Are gonna celebrate? Are we gonna pray a prayer? One, two, three. If that's you, do you wanna put your hand up? Thank you, Jesus. There's a hand over there. There's a hand over there. There's a hand in the middle. If that's you, if you know that you want to make the greatest decision you're ever going to make by starting a relationship with Jesus. Put your hand up. We want to celebrate with you tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for every hand that's gone up. Church, can we pray a prayer together? In unity is one. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me on the cross. I declare that I am a sinner, but from this day onwards, I live a life for you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I pray that you keep me, that you guide me, that you show me your ways. Help me become the person you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
1: Awesome, come on, let's just honor Matt. That word. Come on, let's just thank Jesus for what He's doing in our lives. Come on. For everyone who made that decision. Uh, we'd love for you to go to our website, viewchurchtableview.co.za and go to Following Jesus. Anyone actually wants to do that course can do it. It's a foundational course. It's gonna help you get those foundations right. So, yeah, really the sky's the limit when it comes to your walk with God. And you can do it in the comfort of your home. You can do it in your device. It's seven steps and we encourage you to do it so anyone can do it, but especially people who made that decision. And then the next thing is just keep coming. You know, that's the test me for so many of us that um, they couldn't get rid of us. And so they tried to block us at the door and we just kept coming. They didn't do that. But, but really God did a work in our life and really just a great message from Matt. Here's a rule in a way we had in, in COVID as a team. When we're 100% sure, we're probably too late. And we also took this, Mark Veraghi said this, that, that you need to go green. If you have a sense that God's calling you to something, you go when it's green and you'll get there when it's ripe. Yeah. You go when it's green, you'll get there when it's ripe. So we just smell it, we sniff it. Hey, I think God's doing this, let's go. And if you're 100% sure, you're too late. So when you have that sense, you just go. So I thought that was a, such a great word. And like Matt said, even with this fast, you know, the whole point is, is that hunger you feel to hunger after God. And, and even as you hunger after God, you're gonna tune your life into just become more sensitive. It's like you're tuning this radio in to His Spirit. And fasting isn't to twist His arm onto our agenda. It's for us to get onto His agenda. And maybe you're not fasting. Maybe this is the first step to your fast. You're just gonna show up at our prayer night, 7 to 8 p.m. We're gonna have it at Table View, at Camps Bay, and at Mount and, and, and remember, you don't even have to tell us you're not fasting. You can just say, I'm so hungry. That's all you have to say. And no one will know. (laughs) But the blessing of it is that you're going to get into an environment with hungry people. And as they hunger after God, you're going to get touched by God. So I encourage you to do that. I want to end with a song. I thought it would be a great way just to end and for you to think about Matt's message and really go, well, this is what I need to step out in. Do you guys stand? We're going to sing that worship song one more time. And I want you to take this time to really connect with God before we end and really go, God, what's that one thing you want me to do?